Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. It is Wild Card Weekend. What is going on? The NFL playoffs are about to be here. It is Thursday. It is Thursday morning where I am right now, and I'm going to record the final thoughts video and podcast for this Wild Card Weekend 2019-2020 playoffs. Happy New Year to everybody out there. If you have not been watching my other content for the NBA and PGA for golf events as well, the first one starting off of the year today as I record this in a few hours, Happy New Year. Last time we talked was on Monday, taking a first look at the slate. I've done a ton of research since then. A lot of that has been posted to my personal Patreon account. I have projections on there, game-by-game notes. And I'll have even more. My interest pools updated, um, cash game tiers, showdown tiers. You can check that all out on Patreon. You also get PGA content. You also get NBA content in terms of projections, podcasts, things like that. So check all of that out. My final thoughts podcast and discussing ownership will be going up tomorrow, but that's only going to be Patreon exclusive as it usually is. So check that out if you're interested. I do a ton of content here as an independent content creator. I really do appreciate it. If you are new here, welcome. Uh, I have a goal to hit 20,000 subscribers by the by the Super Bowl, so like the end of January, right? So we got, what, four weeks of that goal. I really do appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. It helps me out a ton on the audio version, hitting the subscribe button as well, five-star rating and review. And also as an added incentive, if you are a subscriber and you have the notification bell turned on on the video, please do drop down below. Who is your favorite wide receiver below $7,000 on this slate, this four-game slate? Let me know. I will pick one winner for a $20 PayPal giveaway um, or Venmo, whatever it is, just leave a way for me to contact you. You must be a subscriber with the notification bell turned on. And then also I have a giveaway for Instagram. If you go over and you follow me on Instagram, I will also be giving away $20 between now and the time the games kick off on Saturday to one follower on Instagram. All this stuff I have automated to track and then I spin a wheel at the end of all of it and reach out to somebody. So please do uh, head over to my Instagram that is also linked up down below. The goal is to hit 2,000 subscribers by the end of the month over there or followers and we're almost there so boosting up some of the social numbers if you will as the NFL season is coming to an end really do appreciate it here so without further ado lastly actually above right now you can see fantasy draft they're sponsoring this video it's rake free DFS you spend about 15 to 30 percent of your bankroll in DFS in your career whether you're a casual or a professional player I heard recently that people are saving somewhere around six figures I mean some pros six figures a month on fantasy draft just because they're not charging rake they're charging barely a half a percentage to one percent for a monthly subscription fee and is the best deal out there. Yes, they don't have the huge prize pools yet, but if you do go, go there, you're going to save much more money in the long run in terms of rake. Um, so check out Fantasy Draft. They're doing a really cool Survivor League right now for my followers, my listeners. I have it linked up down below. The top 120 people from this week will move on to the next week. The top 60 people from that week will move on to the following week, and there'll be a cash prize pool, and it's only $1 to get in, and that cash prize pool at the end is going to be the equivalent of something that would have cost you around $20 to get into. So check it out. It's a Survivor pool. It's $1 linked up down below. Hello. Check that out. So starting it off, quarterbacks, Josh Allen. I still like the guy and I'm liking him even more. Houston, 20th against the pass, 24th um, or 20th against in pass rush, 24th in coverage against the pass. Josh Allen leads the slate with 33.4 rushing yards per game. They also have just designed runs for this guy, especially around the red zone. Tons of upside there for rushing touchdowns with the DraftKings format. Houston allows the fourth most passing yards per game at 280 point 
eight, and they allowed the fifth most t- passing touchdowns at 33. Also, they just lost their safety to Sean Gibson, who's been battling injury all season long. And then finally, he gets to the end of the year, and he's placed on IR. So them being top four in yards allowed, that's even worse, as their starting safety is now not going to be playing in this game. J.J. Watt may return for this one. That is his goal. If they win, he'll likely return the following week if he doesn't return for this one. So the pass rush might get a little bit better than 20th ranked, but still, he's coming back from an injury. I don't know how effective he'll be right away. Carson Wentz, I also have his yes. Look, over the last five games down the stretch, 43.8 pass attempts per game with this group of bandits that he has around him. Uh, no real talent, but 22.8 fantasy points per game in DraftKings scoring during that time. Seattle ranks 30th in pass rush. They have a lot of guys, Ziggy Ansah, Shaq Griffin, a ton of their key players, Jadavian Clowney, banged up. Um, questionable to being potentially out for this game on their defensive line and in their secondary. Seattle gives up the fifth most yards per game to quarterbacks at 275.4, just right behind the Texans that we just talked about. And you have Carson Wentz this week with the number one pass blocking advantage at positive 29%. Drew Brees is bottom five uh, matchup against these corner, or is a, a top five matchup um, against these outside cornerbacks that rank bottom five in the league in one number one Xavier Rhodes who is going to have the absolute worst matchup in the world for himself against Michael Thomas that grades out as the worst matchup for a cornerback best matchup for a wide receiver on the slate Drew Brees right now is averaging around 40 attempts per game when he plays the whole game because obviously he left the Rams game early in the first month of the season He's not a guarantee priority for me, I guess you can say. He's listed as a yes, but I do prefer Josh Allen. I might even now prefer Deshaun Watson the more that I look at this. I potentially even prefer Carson Wentz. It's just a matter of pricing to an extent. And then the mobility factors. You get Carson or you get Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson to build you in three to four fantasy points on the ground with the upside of going for somewhere around 10 on the ground. That's hard to come by, especially with Drew Brees, who is not going to really have any rushing yards. That said, he's still a yes for me. He'll still be a top anywhere between two to four own QB. Deshaun Watson has moved from a maybe to a yes for me. A couple of things. The Bills do rank fourth in coverage. They do rank 15th in pass rush. This is a solid defense that a lot of it is is just hooked on the fact that Tredavious White can take out one side of the field being a top five cornerback this season. But I mentioned it earlier in the week. Depending on Will Fuller's status will determine if I really like Watson or not. Currently, Will Fuller is trending towards playing. Now, again, he could tweak that hamstring and leave, but he's a limited participant this week. You get 27 rushing yards per game from Watson on the ground. 51 red zone attempts is fourth on the slate, so it's around average. And he has a positive 19 pass blocking advantage. You rarely see this guy with a positive passing or pass blocking advantage because of how bad his line is. So this is just a good matchup for him. And then also, Levy Wallace has been dealing with an injury, not practicing, somewhat limited in practice, follow that because that's their second best defensive back. That would be um, the player that would be on um, would be on Will Fuller in this one. I think somebody pointed out in the comments that I uh, wrongfully said LaShawn Sims. I got LaShawn Sims and Levy Wallace mixed up. I apologize for that in Tuesday's video. I was referring to Wallace, but lots of things currently trending good for Watson in terms of the Buffalo defense being a little bit banged up as well as Will Fuller slowly coming back. And I love the rushing upside. I like both sides of that one. I think Josh Allen might be my favorite quarterback, though, as of right now. Russell Wilson's a maybe. He's the last guy that I would get to. Um, You get Philly ranked sixth in pass rush, 21st in coverage. Not a great pass blocking advantage for Russell Wilson. He also provides about two to two and a half fantasy points per game on the ground, 22.2 on the season yards per game. But he's only attempting 31.8 attempts per game. And the price is just steep. Like, I don't hate Russell Wilson, but it's a spot where I think he throws 32 to 35 times in this one. Better than average, of course. But he's also 6,800 where you have guys like Carson Wentz going to throw 10 more times than him for $600 less. Um, you have guys like Josh Allen who are $300 less, probably going to run for 15 more yards than him and throw somewhere between five and 10 more times in a much better matchup, in my opinion, when you factor in pass rushes. Tom Brady, I was a no. He's the closest no to a yes for me. Uh, it's Look, there's, there's experience. There's 
Um, the price factor that he's cheap. Uh, you have Tennessee ranked 20th and 25th in pass rush, 20th in coverage. Adore Jackson is supposed to be suiting up in this one. So that's a tough matchup for Muhammad Sanu on the outside, who still seems to be trying to get accustomed to the outside wide receiver role, as opposed to the slot when he was with Atlanta. And also he's been banged up this year. And then you have Edelman in the slot in a really, really difficult matchup against Logan Ryan, a borderline uh, pro bowler could have been right in there. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being a reserve if they don't make it all the way to the Super Bowl and somebody else does who's a, a, a um, uh, an all-star slot cornerback. So it's a spot where Tom Brady's going to rely a lot on his running backs, his tight ends that have caught like five balls over the past two months. Um, it's just not a spot that you like the upside here. And I expect it to be very, very slow paced this game. Um, I would not be shocked if it ends up being a game in which um, each team loses a possession because both teams are running a lot. That's my similar analysis for similar analysis for Ryan Tannehill. New England ranks number one in coverage. It's going to be a slow-paced game. A.J. Brown likely gets bracketed because Bill Belichick is actually a smart coach compared to a couple of the ones they've been facing as of late. I don't like that upside. And then Cousins, I'm just not going to get there. I believe I have, for Cousins' analysis here in the notes, if you're looking at it, I think I have what I was supposed to have for Tom Brady. Um, pretty much Edelman banged up. Tennessee, 25th in pass rush, 20th in coverage. Positive 6% pass blocking advantage for Brady, but it's just a slow-paced game. Not much interest in Cousins this week either. Uh, running back. Alvin Kamara at the top for me. Minnesota's number one in tackling, 10th in run defense. That's not great, but Kendrick, since the Packers game um, for Minnesota, linebacker, their best linebacker probably, has been banged up and he hasn't been practicing. So that's huge news for Kamara and really just the entire Saints offense who come into this one as eight-point home favorites. He has the number one adjusted line play in the slate. He has the lowest stuff percentage on the slate at just 13%, and the guy's seeing over seven targets per game. Yes, Minnesota is good against the run. Without Kendricks, they're probably closer to average. And just when you factor in the offensive line of this New Orleans Saints, it makes that top 10 run defense with the injury to Kendricks somewhere closer to like 15th to 20th, in my opinion. It's a good matchup for Kamara. Singletary's outtouched Gore over the last four games when they've both been active because Singletary did not play in the Week 17 game where a lot of starters rested. 79 touches to 24 to Gore's over the last four. He has 12 receptions in the last four games on 16 targets. This is completely new for Buffalo while Josh Allen has been out there. I mentioned it in the other video. LaShawn McCoy pretty much left because he wasn't being used as a pass catcher, which he likes to do. Uh, and now you get Devin Singletary in here over the last month, averaging four targets and three receptions per game. That is huge news for a $6,000 running back going up against Houston's 26 tackling run defense and 21st in overall run defense. I like Singletary a lot. James White is the wild card this weekend. I would not play him in cash, but in GPPs, I like him. 6.7 targets per game. 1.44 fantasy points per touch is number one in the entire league, in the entire league amongst anybody. He's probably, in my opinion, going to be the wide receiver one for New England this week. I know he's a running back, but if you're talking about targets, Edelman, yeah, sure. Edelman can see eight to nine targets. His injury, is not, it's no joke. I think that there's a good chance that James White sees one of those eight to 10 target games this week. It's just the best way for them to move the ball outside of just pure running it with Sony Michelle slash Rex Burkett. Those are my three yeses, Kamara, Singletary, and White. Then I get to my maybes. Derrick Henry, I lean more towards a no with him. Look, I don't hate the guy. The only way they probably move the ball effectively is on the ground. But don't you think the Patriots know that? Don't you think it's just relatively easy with the coverage and the secondary and the personnel that they have to put a a J.C. Jackson, the number one passer rating against in the entire league, J.C. Jackson cornerback in the entire league with anybody above 250 coverage snaps with a safety over A.J. Brown, put Stephon Gilmore just on Corey Davis, right? Just shadow him out. You get the you get the bracket coverage on A.J. Brown. That's difficult for a rookie, even though he's a beast to beat for anybody. And then you leave an extra man in the box against Derrick Henry. Isn't that just a way that every team should try and de- defend um, 
Derrick Henry in Tennessee? It is, but most teams don't have the personnel. The Patriots literally have two of the number five cornerbacks in the entire league when it comes to pass rating against. They have the personnel to do it. They are the number one rated secondary. They have the coaching, obviously, to do it. So I think it's a really scary spot overall for Tennessee. And he's $8,200. So yeah, I prefer Kamara. Yeah, I prefer even Dalvin Cook up here. So I lean more towards a no for Derrick Henry. The only problem is he could see 25 attempts. He can only rush for 70 yards, but still have two touchdowns because that's just how much they're going to give him the ball in the red zone. Dalvin Cook at 7,800. Nolan ranks fourth against the run, but he just projects out great for me, Dalvin Cook. And it's because he's seen 42 red zone attempts this year when healthy. Uh, that's number two behind Zeke in the league. He's seeing four and a half targets per game. So even as an eight point underdog, I would imagine Cook sees somewhere around six targets in this game. Usually for a running back, that will lead to four to five receptions. I don't love him. Like again, once again, I have Kamara as a yes over him. Singletary, I'd rather play for cheaper, maybe even James White and GPPs, but I do prefer Cook to Henry. Uh, Carlos Hyde at 5,100. He averages 16 attempts per game. That's about five five and a half more touches per game overall than you're going to get out of Duke Johnson. Buffalo ranks 23rd versus the run, but he has a negative 19% run blocking advantage. If anything, I lean a no towards Carlos Hyde. I'd rather play this next guy, but don't have much interest overall anyways. Sony Michelle, I had some interest, then my interest peaked, and then I looked more into the interest and it's, it's balanced out. 58 carries in the last three weeks, but Tennessee is third in run defense and second in tackling. It's a neutral run blocking advantage. This is a good Tennessee defensive line. Some banged up players on it, but you're in the, you're in the playoffs at this point. You've been playing for three months. There's going to be well, four months. There's been a ton of guys who will be banged up. So Sony Michelle at $4,600. I think he's in play because of the workload he'll probably receive. And again, I think the Patriots try and force the ball on the ground and short passes to James White. If you want the rest of my notes on running backs, you can head over to um, Patreon. I do have them linked up there. I will have them for the rest of the NFL playoffs. Uh, Just closing out running backs, Miles Sanders did not practice on Wednesday, so you can keep an eye on that one. If you want the rest of the notes for the rest of these guys, those are going to be on Patreon. Let's move over to wide receiver. Appreciate you still being here. Hit that subscribe button. Um, And also, take the time to go over to Instagram. Just hit the follow button over there. Again, there's a $20 giveaway for that $20 giveaway for somebody who is a subscriber with the notification bell turned on you will not be qualified into the entry if you don't do those things but comment down below who is your favorite wide receiver below seven thousand dollars we're on the wide receiver so why not get into that raffle i do appreciate that right now i will link up my um, patreon exclusive content for nfl above if you click the link it'll open up a new screen to where you can check that out see what's all offered over there pga has been live as of today at a closing thoughts podcast and a data sheet go out wednesday Wide receivers. Michael Thomas is hard to get away from on a four-game slate. He has the number one matchup on the entire weekend against Xavier Rhodes. Positive 32%. So PFF is saying that he's going to have 32% more production than usual in this matchup. The guy's already a monster. Insane. 127.8 rating against for Xavier Rhodes this year. He's bottom 15 in all categories in terms of yards allowed, uh, yards after the catch, receptions, all these things for Xavier Rhodes. He's been bad this year. Even if they don't put Xavier Rhodes on him primarily, it's still a fine matchup against Mike Hughes, against Trey Waynes. Minnesota secondary grades out nicely, but it's mainly because of their safeties, their zone defense, and their slot cornerback play from um, McKenzie. So it's just not a good matchup for outside cornerbacks against elite receivers. DK Metcalf, I do like at 6,100. Price might be a little bit steep, but then you factor in it's a four-game slate. So if he was 51, 5,500, he'd be way too cheap. He probably sees Russell Douglas or Jalen Mills, depending on who is healthy out there. Uh, 103.5 running against this year for Douglas. Just a good spot for Metcalf. He has 20 pounds on Russell Douglas. He'll have weight on Jalen Mills, even if he starts. And he leads all rookies in red zone attempts and end zone targets. He's And I, I say that because he's actually involved in this offense to a good amount. He's on the field for 95 plus percent of the snaps. He is very quietly, yes, AJ Brown is making shockwaves, but very quietly from week one all the way up until now has probably been the most consistent rookie wide receiver. Maybe one is leaving my mind right now. I know Debo's been in there for some spike weeks. A.J. Brown, during the second half of the year, the last quarter of the year, obviously took off and had that 1,000-yard year. But if you're talking about just consistency week in and week out, at least staying on the field, I'll use that term, playing 90, 95-plus percent of the snaps, staying healthy, it's probably Metcalf for me. 
John Brown, I like him as well. He's a yes against Houston. Likely sees a lot of Jonathan Joseph plus Roby. If he sees Joseph, he'll have a positive 16% advantage. Roby, 77.4% rating against this year. Roby's been very good. A 7.9 targets per game for John Brown, and he sees about 20 to 21% of the red zone targets. A Will Fuller, if you want my analysis, it'll be on Patreon, but he was limited on Wednesday. He gets 14.3 air yards per game on seven targets. It's just a lot of upside, especially if Levy Wallace was to miss for some reason. He's limited right now, and Fuller was to be active. He's also been limited in practice. So keep an eye. Will Fuller's status matters a lot for DeAndre Hopkins, for Kenny Stills, for Fuller himself, for even um, Deshaun Watson and even game stacks. Cole Beasley is the final yes for me from Buffalo. He's likely to see Vernon Hargraves, the former buck who got cut this year because he's just so bad. He's been giving up top five yards, top five receptions, top five yards after the catch. So the guy just can't even tackle or guard 118.8 rating against 865 yards allowed this year as a slot cornerback, primarily terrible 17 and a half percent red zone targets for Beasley uh, or looks this year on 6.6 targets per game. Now you get to my maybes. Um, and I guess to answer your question, my favorite wide receiver below 6K, if he suits up, will be Fuller. If not, it's probably Beasley because I, I guess we're using below or actually below 7K. It's going to be Metcalf. That was that was the, the giveaway, right? The giveaway. Get down in the comments and join that. DeAndre Hopkins is still in play at 7,700, but it's a brutal spot. He's really struggled, and he's close to a no for me against lock, uh, against shadow cornerbacks. He's had the worst luck this year. Chris Harris Jr., Jalen Ramsey, um, Casey Hayward. Stefan Gilmore, Marshawn Lattimore, James Bradbury. Those are six of the guys, and he's faced a couple of them twice, that he's had to face this year. And that's not even all the guys in the list. I, I left some off there that he's had to face him in, in shadow coverage. Now he gets Trey White, who hasn't given up a touchdown all year in shadow coverage, and is only allowing five receptions for 30.7 yards per game. It's a tough spot for Hopkins, without a doubt. Tyler Lockett, I think, is fine at 7,200. You just have to prioritize your lineups around him, but the matchup against Avante Maddox in the slot for him is a positive. I do prefer Metcalf on his team for $1,100 cheaper, but it's just a pricing thing at that point. Stefan Diggs will likely see Marshawn Lattimore. He's only allowing 2.1 receptions per game for 27.8 yards per game and just one touchdown allowed all year. That was all the way back in week one. Diggs at 6,600. He's going to see an elevation to his normal average of targets around six per game because they're eight-point underdogs in this one, I would imagine at least, and it's an easier matchup on the secondary when he won't see Lattimore for like 20 to 25% of the game. I think Diggs is interesting for GPPs. I think a lot of people go away from him because of this matchup because nobody's really appealing to Kirk Cousins this week in ownership. And you can get the ownership full breakdown for myself on tomorrow's Patreon ownership show. Um, but Diggs, I think he's going to see at least 20% of the game without Lattimore on him, whether it's Lattimore checking out or just he'd be on a different side of the field. And I think those are the opportunities where you can see a big play upside and the Minnesota Vikings actually consciously take shots because there's no Lattimore on him. It just takes one play at 6,600 for Diggs to get there. He's a big play receiver. Adam Thielen at 6,200. He would be a yes if I knew he was 100% healthy. I think he might be, but he's only seeing 4.9 targets per game this year. They just don't throw the ball a lot. I mean, Cousins is still averaging in the 20s in pass attempts per game, but as eight-point underdogs, I think that you probably see Thielen's targets spike by about two, which puts him about 6.9 targets per game, seven, and I do like that spot. I would prefer Thielen to Diggs if you are playing in GPPs. Just know that there is some risk. The upside, though, is that he did play 90-plus percent of the snaps against the Packers two weeks ago. Did not play last week, though, because none of the starters played. So played 90% of the snaps had no catches on four targets and he had one rush attempt for like four yards but now you get two weeks off i think he's going to be fully healthy for, he's going to be fully healthy out there a little bit more adrenaline because of the playoffs dealing seems like a sneaky option that goes lower on this week greg ward has 21 receptions in the last 30 or the last four games on 30 targets it's a good matchup for greg ward as well keep an eye on nelson aguilar who did not practice on wednesday if aguilar is out ward at 5200 does not become a slam dunk play but he's just a cheap wide receiver option again aguilar and also adam humphreys did not practice on tuesday or wednesday of this week humphreys he's only 3,000, so i'm keeping him on here because if he does somehow suit up and become active and run 20 to 25 routes it's a nice spot against 
the slot cornerback play of New England. And again, he's only $3,000. Um, that's it for wide receivers. You can read the notes on Adam and there. If you want the rest of the notes, they will be over on Patreon. Lastly, tight end, tight end, tight end. Appreciate you being here. As we are on tight end, I will plug one more thing, the fantasy draft survivor league throughout the playoffs i think there are it's a 200 person field by the time you're watching this there's probably going to be like 100 spots left so get in there um i really do appreciate it i'll also be promoting it on twitter the link will be down below that will take you to my twitter page because i can't post links in the description otherwise they ban you on youtube for uh, promoting gambling sites it's kind of dumb but what are you going to do out there i won't say anything more on, on that front but click that link. It'll take you over to Twitter. While you're there, hit me with a follow. I do appreciate that. We just crushed through like 5,200 followers on Twitter. And then also join the league. It's $1 to enter. You can enter up to six times. The top 120 out of, and there might only be like 120 people in the contest. So you might automatically advance the next week. But right now there's like 60. The top 120 of this week will move forward. Then the next 60 will move forward up until the championship week where we'll be playing for money. I am in there right now. I have one contest in. And, and if nobody fills it, I want to make sure other people can get in. Then I will enter the final five. So check it out. Right now, my only yes, this has changed a lot for me at tight end. Zach Ertz has been practicing limited, but he's still yet to be cleared for contact. So it doesn't even matter if he's been practiced in full. Um, usually they'll just stay practiced in limited, but you have to be cleared for contact to actually be able to play. But if Ertz does get cleared, he's, it's such a huge drop off between him and the rest of these tight ends that he's a yes for me. I'll have by far the most Zach Ertz this weekend. If you're playing cash, I don't even care. As long as he's cleared for contact in this matchup against Seattle, it, it, it has to be a yes. Um, the drop-off is a priced-up Dallas Goddard because if Ertz does play, Goddard's too overpriced. Now, he's also running similar routes, similar red zone usage, similar snaps to Zach Ertz. So at 5,200, he's not out of play, but he becomes a X instead of a yes for me. Now, if Ertz does not suit up, then Goddard is a yes. Joshua Perkins, like we talked about on Tuesday, would become a yes. But this is just a spot where it all depends on the injury status for this position. It's hard to get away from Zach Ertz in one to five lineups. Even 150, I might have 50% Zach Ertz. Yes, he's been dealing with an injury, but it's just such a huge drop-off. He's not that expensive compared to the rest of these guys. $1,000 more than Jared Cook for Zach Ertz, who probably more times than not sees around double the targets as Jared Cook in an average week. I like Ertz a lot. Goddard, if indeed Ertz is out, I will get to. If Ertz is in, I will have a lot less Goddard, maybe not any. Jared Cook's been seeing about 4.9 targets per game. I'm projecting him for five here. I lean towards a no. He has just a brutal matchup against Anthony Harris, uh, one of the best safeties in the entire league, leads the league, tied for it in interceptions um, this year. I believe he leads it or he's tied with it with Stefan Gilmore and somebody else, I believe somebody from Atlanta, um, but he's tied for it with six. Uh, he's just been fantastic. And Jared Cook's 4,900. He's not cheap. So it's not that I hate him. I think he's just a very mad play, right? You're relying on a touchdown on five targets. Again, I'd rather pay $1,000 more for Ertz if he's healthy because you're probably going to get eight to 10 targets out of Ertz and then you don't need a touchdown. He can have eight catches for 70 yards and still outscore Jared Cook even if he scores a touchdown. Jacob Hollister, I projected for five and a half targets. He's averaging about five per week. He has the second worst matchup on the weekend, according to PFF. I think like 10% Jacob Hollister, maybe 15% seems fine. If you like the matchup that much more, get a little bit more. I do prefer Hollister to Cook for the price discount. Jonu Smith, I've been projected for five targets. He sees about five per week. He has heavy red zone usage. He'll just have the best matchup for the Tennessee pass catchers. If indeed AJ Brown is bracketed and Gilmore goes on Corey Davis for parts or a lot of this game, the middle of the field will be the best spot for attacking in the passing game. Now, whether that's Khalif Raymond or Adam Humphreys out of the slot or Tajay Sharp, if both of those guys are out and Sharp takes on the slot, I don't know. We have to wait on the injuries, but we do know that Jonu Smith will be the healthy and active tight end in the middle of the field. Jonu Smith, I prefer over Cook and even Hollister this week. I think behind Ertz, Jonu Smith might be my favorite tight end. Joshua Perkins, because of the price point, really. Joshua Perkins at 2,900, only in play if Ertz is out. If Ertz is in, no interest. If he is out, Perkins ran 33 routes last week with no Ertz, um, and that was with Dallas Goddard running a ton of routes. He just kind of took over the Dallas Goddard role. Um, Perkins, well, 
Goddard took over the earth role. Um, only in play if Ertz is out. He ran a ton of his routes out of the slot and out wide. Really good usage. Irv Smith is fine value for his 25 routes per week. He, he averages like 23 per week routes run. He averages about four and a half targets per week. He's 2,700. So if Perkins becomes off the table in this matchup, then if you want to just punt the position because you're trying to pay up and you're hoping he lands with like three catches for 30 yards and gets you six points and you're just punting in cash games, that's fine. I probably don't want to go here in GPPs. Otherwise, you're really relying on a touchdown, which they're eight-point underdogs. So maybe his four or five targets per game is now bumped up to six, and that's really good value at $2,700. So if I had to rank tight ends, let's just assume Zach Ertz is in for this one. I'd probably rank my tight ends as Zach Ertz, Janu Smith, Jacob Hollister, Jared Cook, and Dallas Goddard. And I really wouldn't want anybody else. I probably wouldn't even have Irv Smith in a, in a GPP player pool. It's more of a cash game punt. If you want the rest of my tight end notes, there's about another three or four that are probably in play between Kyle Rudolph, Atkins, Darren Fells, Dawson Knox. You can get those notes over on Patreon. I appreciate you tuning in for this one. Before you head out, please do hit the subscribe button. And while you're here, you might as well join the contest. Who's your favorite wide receiver below $7,000? Must be a subscriber. Must hit the notification bell. If you want to enter via the audio version, be a subscriber, hit the subscribe button, and just leave a five-star rate and review answering that question. Leave a way for me to contact you. Head over to Instagram, hit the follow button, and then I will count up all those followers, and I will have, by the time the games start on Saturday, um, maybe Saturday afternoon, we'll let these go through a little bit more so more people can see it. I'll reach out to somebody with a $20 giveaway. So that's two $20 giveaways. We also have a $1 Survivor League throughout the entire playoffs via Fantasy Draft. I will link that up down below. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check out my Patreon exclusive content linked up above and below as an independent content creator. This means so much to me that you guys benefit my content. The goal is to get to 20,000 subscribers by the Super Bowl four weeks. I think we can do it. So please hit that subscribe button, adding a little bit more incentives by these giveaways. You all rock. Happy New Year and happy football. I don't know what that means, but I'm excited. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.